Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode three of Carlton Cricket Chat. Now, usually Christmas only comes once a year, but we have a very special guest today, captain coach of the cricket club, Evan Golbus. So today it might be a slightly longer episode than, than what we're planning on usual, but um, you know I thought it'd be a really good opportunity to get to know Evan a little bit better, um, understand you know what what the plans are for for the upcoming year in his in his new role, um, and just have a bit of a laugh along the way. So welcome, Evan Golbus. Hi Nick, how are we? Yeah, going very well, mate. Um, so look, obviously, um, you know the the club had a really successful year last year. We we won the premiership. Um, you ended up winning the the John Scholes Medal in the final. You had a pretty prolific. Um, final series but you know that's that's probably you know come through a lot of a lot of hard work and um, years of dedication I guess so let's let's go back to to the beginning um, where you all started so you joined the club would I say in 2004-5 do you think it would have been? Yeah I think it was around that time it might have been 2003 Um, uh, I think I was finishing Year 12 at the time, Um, so that was my first year. Our coach was Matthew Drain, Um, started in the second 11 uh, with Paul Wyberg being my captain, which uh, now he's on our committee. So, um, yeah, look, uh, it was fantastic. I I did a little bit of um, junior development stuff with the Melbourne Cricket Club, um, but found my home at Carlton. Yeah, look... I'm sure it's a good club, but you know, you I think you at Melbourne, but I think you chose the right one in the end. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, so you joined the club at sixteen. You grew up in Williamstown, is that right? Yeah, Yarraville next Yarraville. door. Yeah. yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Um, so you played your juniors. Whereabouts did you play? I played at Williamstown. So at that's where the the confusion is. But there you um, go. so Western Suburbs boy um, played juniors and seniors for Williamstown, and then yeah, obviously moved on to Carlton. Beautiful. Um, so you're a, you're a 16 year old kid, you've come down to Carlton, who were some of the people that you were really looking up to at that time, who were some of the, the first 11 heroes so to speak at the club? Well Phil, Phil Hetherington was, was there. Um, True hero of the club. Yeah, very very good player as well, so not just the, um, the stories that he brought along but he actually performed very well for the club. Uh, so he was the first 11 captain, so obviously looked up to him and obviously got to play with him later that season. Uh, Michael Sheedy was someone that I knew pretty well um, through Greg Chapel Cricket Centre where he used to get some coaching. Great um, centre if you ever need any uh, any gear and if they wanted to sponsor the podcast at any time, Greg Chapel, we're here <laughs> to hold any calls, but continue um, on. So yeah, look, uh, I sort of gravitated a little bit to Michael, um, having known him there. Um, but look, I, I just found that just the, the group of players that we had at the time um, were very inviting and, um, look, I, I enjoyed it from day one. Beautiful. Um, you mentioned Drainy was your coach at the time. Um, you have probably would have had now four coaches at Carlton. You would have had Drainy, Chuck, Diva. Was Wellesie a... Uh, Wellesie was captain when I was at the yep. club, but when I moved to Tassie... Um, Diva was still in charge at the yep. time, and now obviously Ayrsian myself. Yep. And so Drainy, I, I never got to um, have him as a coach, but I heard there were some some interesting sort of training techniques that he used to implement. What what sort of stuff did you get as a sixteen year old kid? What what did he have? Oh, to do? Drainy was unbelievable. Um, I really enjoyed. 
I probably look at it, look back at it now, and enjoy it a lot more than what it was at yep. the time. Um, so things like batting with bouncy balls, bowling with a glove on. Um, I think one day he was shining torches in people's eyes when they were trying to bat and squirting them with a water pistol. Um, so just things like that was pretty interesting. Uh, have you done you, anything you, No, we haven't. Like that? Um, but even some of his fielding drills, he had this one drill that he just called chaos. And depending on which group, it was a full ground drill, and depending on which group he hit the ball to, the drill worked in different directions. And no one had any idea what was going on. So it was okay. practically, if a ball came near you, you just pick it up and throw it. <laughs> um, so it was a little bit of that. And he... Sounds a bit like Bruce these days. Well, yeah, it does. <laughs> but uh, the other drill that we actually probably use a lot more now, and I know a lot of the... Um, would have seen, if you watch a lot of Shield cricket and um, test, well, test cricket at the moment, where slips are fielding with helmets on. So he used to get you to stand two metres from his bat practically and he just hit full-blooded cut shots at you with full protective gear on. So, And we've done that a little bit last year. We had yeah. a bit of a competition in their first 11 to work out who were our slippers. Um, not that it helped, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, like, those sort of drills I, I found really interesting. Um, he was a very good thinker, um, probably left field to try and, you know, expand the expand your comfort zone and have you prepared for any anything that could come on game day. Beautiful. And so, you know, you're obviously a 16-year-old kid at that time. You're starting to progress. You mentioned that you played in the ones in your first year at the club. Um, you know, from a, from a 16-year-old starting to play ones to sort of where you are now, you know, what are some of the things that... I guess, changed in the way you've approached your cricket as a young kid? Oh, I suppose when, when I first played, I was um, probably pretty dynamic in the way that I played my cricket. Um, took the game on pretty much at all times. Probably the big thing that I found, which was hard to learn early doors, was when you have your degree of, say, a mishit, where the ball would actually go. So, like, you'd see a cover position open and you'd try and hit it over cover, but you wouldn't realise that if you drag it, you know, three degrees to the left, you actually hit it to mid-off and you're out. So, yep. learning that... You hit it to um, mid-off a few times yeah, in your career. Yeah, uh, yeah. long <laughs> off, I should say, not mid-off. Long <laughs> off. And it might be, like, third over of a red ball game with a long off. Why they've got a long off, I don't know, but... So, um, you're still learning that, that one. So, That's still yeah. in process. Okay. So, I think... And I think, you know, some of our um, younger players that we've got at our club that are probably in the same vein where they they play their shots it's good for me to be able to help them hopefully learn it when they only do it twice rather than 55 times like I used to so um, look I think learning that was good Um, I did a lot of work with Peter Divinuto about probably more rounding my life and I'm a I'm a pretty heavy thinker Um, so he was very good as a sounding board for me trying to work through you know what was important what wasn't so there's a lot of background noise in, in cricket, and we all know it's a head game. So if you're out there and you're thinking about all the irrelevant, non-important things, um, you know, you're not actually focused on the job at hand. So he was fantastic for me, um, obviously helped me through, oh, I suppose, my adolescence, <laughs> um, and uh, helped me through uni and getting uh, into the real world and becoming an adult. So, you know, I'm pretty still, still pretty close with him. Um, yeah. You know, fantastic person for the Carlton Career Club. Um, and obviously he's moved on to other things now. Beautiful. Um, and so I'm going to say you were about 24, 25 when you got some opportunities with Victoria in terms of some of the one day, um, was it Ryobi Cup at the time? Um, yeah, I think it was Ryobi Cup. Yeah, it was the, it was the year we had the split innings. So you yeah. had 20 overs and then 25. 
and I know Jeez, that um, Nacco by the wayside. <laughs> yeah, it did. That's just um, a little dot in the in the history of Premier Cricket. Yeah. Uh, so I, I do know that year. I actually um, I played a couple of the T20s when Victoria already pretty much knocked out of the tournament. Um, yeah. So they couldn't win. So they they gave myself and I think um, Dem Salpietro as yeah. as well an opportunity, which is fantastic to debut. Um, and then debuted in the one day game on the back of that where because of the style of game I actually batted at three in front of Brad Hodge and they chucked me in to pretty much tee off Gee, the power play uh, and uh, pick up that name what, yeah I know in but, but I actually got out for one off about eight even though I was in as a pinch hitter so I didn't debut very well um, okay. but we actually won the tournament in the end um, the yep. one day tournament um, on the back of some pretty good performances by the, the main players so I sort of pigeon, um, what would you call, parachuted in yep. to a premiership early, um, and then that, no one remembers whether you did that or not. You just in the photo. At yeah, the end of the year. I was in the photo, so that that was important. And look, um, you know that was that was pretty cool. Um, obviously, you know you grow up and you want to play for your state, and to have that opportunity was fantastic. Especially when I thought it probably wasn't going to happen. Yep. Um, and so, looking at. Premier cricket versus that sort of first experience. What, what did you really notice the biggest changes were between um, the levels? What, what was the sort of things that stood out for you? Um, I think the big thing, and I was speaking about it um, yesterday actually with Ezzy and we were talking about how like in Premier cricket, oh sorry, in state cricket, just the players don't give you a sniff. So if you're batting, if you're next in batting, you only ever come in when a bowler's, you know, it's spinning square or it's reversing or it's a brand new ball. You, players don't throw their wickets away. So when yep. you come in, you actually, as a batsman, you're always under the pump. Whereas I find in, in district cricket, sometimes you can come in and it's the sixth bowler and someone's just throwing their wicket away doing something stupid. And it's that relentlessness to perform at all times that I think's the difference. And I suppose that's what holds those players you know, um, or helps their numbers, obviously, but it holds them into, um, you know, those opportunities is because they don't give the opposition a chance. Um, and, you know, I think that was that was the, the big thing between the gaps, you know, when you play at the higher level, you know, you get through, like you look at the Victorian lineup, you get through a Tremaine and a Boland and then Pattinson comes on. Yeah. And then you get through Pato and then John Holland's spinning the ball and shaping it back in and... You get through him, and you know another first class or a um, Australian player comes on the bowl, and you go, "Well, where am I going to score?" You've actually got to score against the best players. Yeah. Whereas I think in district cricket, you can pick and choose a little bit. You get through, yeah. you know, the main two bowlers, um, and then you can sort of score. So, and look, we base our um, bowling group on trying to be the opposite to that. We want to try and have bowling group where it doesn't matter who's bowling. Um, you know, it's going to make it tough. So, you know, Eddie's season last year, smiles um, for, for the last two years on the back of, you know, Crony being a state player, Steve-O being a state player um, and yourself. Well. So, yeah. you know, we, we try and base our bowling group on that. If they're going to score runs against us, it's against our good bowling. Bowlers and good balls and, yeah. And there's sort of that relentless pressure, which is something that I think um, you'd probably say if, if anyone out there watched the... The final of the the T Twenty, um, the Australian MP T Twenty that we played, um, there was just all the bowlers to restrict um, Queensland to the score that we did. Uh, it was just relentless throughout the twenty overs. So I think that that speaks a lot to what you're saying there, um, especially about the club at the moment. Yeah, and look, it's not about one bowler, you know, taking five, or it's just about 
as a group, you know, we make it hard for the opposition and someone will get a few wickets here and there. So, you know, uh, I know after that game, we, we, I think it was the last round last season where we only had 220 on the board against Campbell at Princess Park. So it was under par um, on the back of the Adelaide trip and Eddie came out and just took seven wickets. Like, um, through the pressure at the other end and him, you know, still hasn't spun one, but he, um, he took seven. He does spin it square. He does, come on now. But, you know, and, and it... it it all comes about because of the work and the effort you put in. We always talk about if you do the hard work, you know, rewards will come. In the final, I thought um, the effort that the boys put in in the middle session on day one where it was dry, the ball wasn't moving, and we bowled 35, 38 overs in that period for two and over, mm-hmm. it actually created Geelong needing to score quicker on day two. It also meant that they, you know, didn't score 300 on the first day. So as much as we hadn't taken wickets... They had to pr- progress the game, and then we actually got wickets in the second day because they were trying to um, score heavily. Um, yeah. So, and I think that's how we looked at it. You know, you could try and blast the team out, but we sort of thought, okay, they've got to they've got to make the running at some stage. Yeah. So we'll um we'll try and progress the game in our way by bowling lots of overs quickly. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, we'll get back to to you. We got we got onto the club there, which is just silly. We're here to interview you, aren't we? <laughs> Um, so you've played a couple of games with Victoria in the, the white ball stuff and then the next year you got the opportunity to go down to Tasmania. Um, you got a contract down there, is that right? Yeah, yeah with the, obviously with Tassie and the Hurricanes as well. Yep. Um, and so that first season you predominantly were a batsman down there and you started to bowl a little bit at the time. I had a really good pre-season batting. It was probably the best pre-season I've had um, yeah. in regards to um, fitness, all that sort of stuff. And yeah, you were shredded back then, weren't you? I, I remember don't that. <laughs> I don't know about that. I've always been a bit pudgy. But I remember right. Les, Les came to training and he goes, I saw a gobbler riding a bike around Williamstown. What's happened? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what happened there, but anyway... Um, so I, I was in I was in good nick. Um, I scored a couple of runs in the practice games, and then we had a futures game during our preseason tournament where I got a big hundred um, against Victoria. So I, I debuted the first uh, one day game for Tassie for that season, uh, where I actually ran George Bailey out when I was on naught. So um, that didn't start very well. But um, what actually happened was I got given the ball and. The ball, I don't know how because I don't swing it, but it actually swung and I got a few wickets. So I ended up um, not scoring very many runs after that, but bowled okay. So what actually happened, I I debuted. um, I had an injury, but then got debuted in shield cricket and actually started with four ducks, which... I think everyone knows. I didn't want to bring it up. It wasn't great. Um, But what people don't understand, I did take a few wickets during that time as well. So... um, Look, uh, it wasn't ideal start um, to a to a first class career. I think um, I think my first run, I hit a boundary in my fifth innings, and the wicketkeeper said, "If you get out, you still average less than one." And uh, <laughs> and he was pretty much on the money there. And uh, thanks, Triff. Um, so, oh, look, it wasn't ideal. Um, and then obviously to have a season-ending injury, probably would have got dropped anyway. But. Um, you know, to have an elbow reconstruction when you're on a one year deal because of the MOU, um, yep. everyone was on everyone's contract finished that year. So yep. to go into a um, into surgery knowing that you know you've got a twelve month re- uh, rehab and you don't have a job potentially 
and you're giving up your spot because you're going to go get it done yeah. um, was pretty pretty tough, but you know it all worked out for the best in the end. Yeah. So in terms of the the headspace, you'd obviously grown up as a batsman. You'd got your contract as a batsman, and then you probably would have played the majority of your cricket then for Tassie as a bowling all rounder, almost a bowler. What well, you, almost was a that, bowler. Was so. that was that a hard sort of um, mindset to? to change from thinking of yourself as a, as a batsman to a bowler or did you just have to sort of go all in and say well this is the thing that I'm going to this is what's going to keep you playing so this is what I've got to do well maybe that a little bit but uh, <laughs> I found I found that it was quite simple for me really because because I took on bowling a little bit later I didn't have a lot of the issues in terms of my body you know when you're trying to bowl lots of overs as a fast bowler and you're growing you know you yeah. end up with your back issues and those sort of things so I didn't have any of those worries so that was maybe a good thing, um, but I think also because I hadn't bowled a lot, I sort of knew I could do one or two things. So I had a bouncer, I could reverse swing the ball, and I could try and get a bit of airspeed. Yeah. Um, and then I sort of developed a couple of slow balls. So for me, it was very simple. Whereas I think a lot of the guys, you know, they can bowl an innie and outy, you know, try a cutter, yeah. and you get confused of what you do and you sort of miss your spot. So for me, it was very simple. Um, and I probably just had two years where it all sort of came together really well. Yeah. Um, and then it sort of just went from there. But, you know, it was good fun. Um, it's a lot more hard work being a bowler than what it is a batter in regards to your body and, you know, learning learning to bowl, say, day four where you've potentially bowled three days in a row and you've got to come in and smash the wicket as hard as you can and the ball's like a hacky sack because it's soft and, mm-hmm. you know, and you're trying to bowl bounces. Um, you know, it's it's not, not easy. Um so, you know, learning to play sore and all those sort of things I probably hadn't done before, but you just find a way. And I suppose when it's your job, you, you can pay to do it, so you just do it. That's very true. That's very true. And so now in terms of Tassie, you ended up, did you have four or five years down there? I think it was five, five on contract, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you finished up there and there's a bit of a quick thing to come back to Victoria was it the next year or did you have a, a year in the Tassie State the Tassie Premier Cricket um, so after being delisted I I decided to have another year in Hobart yep. um, where I was going to play for Clarence um, I just started a new relationship so um, you know being in Tasmania was good for me um, mm-hmm. obviously being there uh, and it was I think it was a Thursday before the first round where I actually I was out for lunch and I got a phone call um, from the chairman of selectors of Victoria just saying, get on the next plane to Perth, Ian Holland's done his side, you're going to play for us. And I went, oh, okay. So it was pretty much on the next plane to Perth. Played uh, four one days. Um, uh, so I went from Perth to Sydney, finished the one day tournament, um, played the four one days, so I got an upgrade which actually then they pretty much said, well, you need to come back to Melbourne because you need to be a Melbourne player. Yeah, because um, so that it, was a bit of a um, bone of contention, I reckon, with a few of the Victorian clubs and things like that because you probably like the Premier clubs because, yeah, you're obviously living in Tassie and then suddenly you're, you're playing for Victoria and they're like, how's this all work? It, was, it seemed like it caused a bit of a stir, I reckon. Yeah, well, look, I, I played for the Stars the year before. Yep. So I was linked back to Cricket Victoria and I yep. wasn't contracted by um, Tasmania. So I was actually more of a Melbourne player, even though I was going to play grey cricket. Yeah. Um, and because the season hadn't started, like 
it wasn't like I was a Tasmanian player. I was purely just a player, if that makes sense. Yep. So, yeah, I ended up back in back playing in Melbourne, um, and it was actually pretty cool because I got to get my baggy blue, um, or Victorian baggy blue, because um, yeah. I got to debut in Shield Cricket for Victoria, which I hadn't done. So um, that was pretty cool. Um, debuted with Will Pekofsky, um, who, you know, looks like he's going to play Test Cricket soon. So that's yeah. pretty cool. That'll yeah. be a nice photo for the... Uh, the wall at home. Um, he remembers your name as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably not in a few years, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, he's um, he's going to go pretty well, I think. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. Um, and so at that time, you you came back, and you know, probably a few people um, would have wondered. You you obviously had the connection to Carlton, but you decided to to go to Paran for a period of time. Do you want to? You know, why did you choose Paran? Um, well, look, there was a few things going on at that time. Obviously, it was a late decision to come back over. Um, yeah. It was lots of things going on in my life at the time. New relationship. I'd split up with a previous partner. Um, but the main thing for me was um, mum was really crook. Um, yeah. And she was going through a fair bit of stuff. And obviously, I was going through a fair bit of stuff. And um, the coach at... Paran at the time, Peter Divinuto, I spoke about earlier, um, was very big on me, uh, oh, very big to me in my, you know, life and being that, that person that I sort of go to when things, you know, shit hits the fan, I suppose. Yep. Um, so having him close to me was um, the most important thing, I thought. So that, that's why I ended up at Paran, um, purely on the back of needing to play under him. Yep. Um, that was the decision. So it wasn't anything to do with, you know, didn't want to be at the club or anything like that. It was purely just, you know, I needed to be around him. And mum actually passed away in between the two Saturdays of my first game for Paran, yep. um, which got a hundred and a FIFA, which is the first time I've ever done that. Yep. Um, so, you know, I think that was pretty, uh, I don't know whether, you know, I believe in fate. Um, yep. So I think that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, because it's, it's an interesting time, that was an interesting time for you, obviously, we've, we've discussed it before, uh, but it seems like that, that close relationship with Div is something that you put a lot of um, emphasis on, and um, he's been really, really good for you, and I was interested to get your, your thoughts now as a, going into the club coach role, um, you know, how are you going to take some of the, the learnings from Div in terms of having someone really as a sounding board for you going through your career and I guess at Carlton the priority is always developing cricketers to play state cricket so you know from that how are you going to try and implement some of the things that you've been able to get out of having Div so close to you? Yeah oh, look forward? I think I think um, especially with what we've tried to put together um, for this year with our coaching group we've got we've got a lot of coaches and I think if you've got you know, um, a higher number of coaches, you've got a greater diversity on your coaching styles. So I really think that, you know, if we put all those things into place, um, every player on our list should have someone that they feel like they can get coaching from. And we're just trying to really make sure we give everyone the opportunity to learn. Um, and then it's up to the individual. Like, it, it's gone past the days of, you know, you're getting told what to do. It, it needs to be up to the individual. It's your career. Um, and especially at the top end, you know, if you go into any type of job, you know, generally, you know, you need to perform. So, you know, if you, if you want the performance, you've got to be working on it. And just because 
um, you're at training from, you know, you, you have your 10-minute net on a Tuesday and Thursday, it doesn't make you a better player. You might learn the in- information that you require, but you need to go and work on that, whether that's mental training throughout the week where you're thinking about, you know, how to do it, whether it's physical training where you're in front of the mirror or, you know, you get someone to throw your balls or whatever. Um, we're just trying to facilitate learning and then it's up to the player to facilitate, you know, the hours that it takes, you know, it takes 10,000 hours to become elite mm. at something. So, you know, for a batting coach, for example, for Airsy, for him to throw 10,000 hours of balls to each player, I think it's pretty impossible. So, <laughs> um, again, it's up to the player to go and work on that. But, look, we've got, we've got the right people in place um, to facilitate the learning. And the one good thing that I, I, lo- I love about the Carlton Career Club, if you actually look at, you know, the players that are in our first 11 or, you know, maybe our top 20 players... I think from last year, only two of them from other clubs. So everyone else was a homegrown player. Yeah. And I think it shows a lot about our development, maybe of, you know, obviously selecting the right players when they're young coming through, but also the development that we can actually turn those players into first 11 cricketers and now from last year premiership players. So, um, you know, obviously it'd be nice to have more people join Crony and Macca at the the top end. Um, But in saying that, um, you know, Got to share the love around to the other clubs. You do. Okay, you can't <laughs> you come do. from one place. You do. We'll get off the f- philosophical side and we'll speak more humour. Yeah. No, look, I think um, what, what you're saying about the coaching structure is always important. You know, everyone's been in that situation where they get, they get dropped or they get, you know, they feel like they're probably not getting as much attention when you don't have a lot of coaches around. And, you know, it, it can be a bit can be a bit of a flattening time so to have that diversity and people you can talk to I think is really important so you know I think that's going to have some um, some really good it's going to set the club in a really good space moving forward so oh definitely I, I just really think that if um, in, the other thing that we're trying to do this year is we're trying to take selection away from the coaches so that you feel like you can actually go to the coaches in confidence and get your coaching. I know it's hard when the coach is the selector because you don't really, like, if you don't know where your off stump is and you're having a bit of issue, it's pretty hard to tell the bloke that's going to drop you if you tell him. So, um, look, we're trying to segment that as best as possible. Look, I know it's not ideal. Um, you know, you, you're always going to have information getting passed on, but the best we can, we're going to try and implement that, have, a, have the um, selectors select and the coaches coach. Yep. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, and this year, what are you most looking forward to in terms of the season? Have you have you had any things that you're really excited about for the club uh, this year? Oh, I'm looking forward to the challenge of we've finally got ourselves in a position where we're a little bit more the hunted. And um, I think in previous years, teams knew that we were a good club, but probably thought we'd just fall over. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think we did that necessarily. I just think it just probably looked that way from an outsider's perspective because of, you know, obviously not having won a premiership. So, um, and having a successful club for the last 15 years without, you know, any um, silverware probably illustrates that to some degree. But I just think that now that we've got that challenge of, you know, every club's going to be after us. Um, They're not going to think we're going to get an easy game um, or Carlton will just, you know, have a batting collapse and we'll lose or, you know, the bowling won't turn on today. They actually think that, you know, they get the job done. So, you know, that that's a different challenge for us. We're going to be better than what we were last year um, and there's plenty of improvement for us to make too. Um, I think, you know, there's opportunity for players with a couple of people leaving. Um, mm-hmm. 
So there's going to be opportunity and hopefully, you know, Xavier and Mackenzie play higher. So there's even more opportunity in our first 11 um, for the guys coming through. Um, we developed a, a, a little bit of our list last year with lots of debutantes in our first 11. Um, so hopefully those guys get another opportunity throughout the season. Um, but we've recruited a couple of quicks as well. So, you know, I think we cover all bases. Um, the other thing that happened last year, which I, I, I barely think we had an injury throughout the season, in, yeah. it, especially in regards to our top-end players. Um, so, you know, for that to happen, you know, I think all the all the you know, stars aligned and all that sort of stuff for our premiership. But um, I think, you know, we've got to cover that because it's not, it's not going to happen again. We can't just hope that everyone's fit every week. So Yes, yeah. I agree with that. Um, and then we've obviously pretty much you got the playing list this year. You know we're actually got training um, in about an, an hour's time, maybe a bit less. Um, who who are you really excited to see um, this year? Try and have a really big year. Are there any players you've seen so far that have sort of you're excited to to watch them progress this year, even from last year that you you've watched? Um, oh look. I think everyone can improve on, on last year. So sort of looking forward to, you know, I thought um, Harry's season two years ago, or Harry Smythe, that is, was fantastic. And then um, you always find your second year or your second main season harder because teams know you a bit better. Yep. Um, they know your strengths and weaknesses and, you, and you've got to improve your game again. So the season that he could have this year, having got past that second year, um, will be interesting to see. So I'm sort of looking forward to that. You know, um, Stepo's just improving really well every season. Um, but really looking forward to seeing what Matthew Wilson's got for us. Um, he played a lot of games two years ago and was fantastic when he got his opportunity. Probably missed a little bit of opportunity last season due to the strength of our first 11. Um, but he's someone that I think will get a lot more opportunities this season in the first 11. Um, bowls a heavy ball, as we all, all know. Um, and he can hit yes, the ball the really hard. the grammar out when yeah. he bowls. So, geez, it hits it that hard. It does. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what um, what he can do. Um, yeah, I, I, look, I, I just think there's there's lots of guys that will get opportunities this season. I'm sort of looking forward to that. I, yeah. I think the thing as a coach, I suppose as a captain in the last few years and as a coach now, you get so much enjoyment out of seeing other people perform. Yep. So, you know, seeing seeing guys come off the ground with a big smile on their face because, you know, they've got 100 or they've taken some wickets um, yep. is pretty cool. So um, looking forward to hopefully seeing many more of those days days to come. Beautiful. Um, and look, in terms of uh, the, I guess, the standard or the, the state of Premier Cricket these days versus, you know, 10 years ago, um, or even compared to Tassie, what what's your thoughts on uh, how the the competition fares, the players that are out there, the standard? What's your have you really had to think about how that goes these days, or have you just turn up? Uh, no. Um, oh look, I, I I think I'm a little bit old school in that in that space. I think you know the the teams that I played against when I came through, I think were a lot stronger. The retention of the older players. Um, was higher um, yeah. so I think you know it's more not necessarily the skill or anything like that it's more just the the game um, experience and people now do more things they're more skillful in, yeah. in us in a lot of aspects well you even look at strike rates of batting you know um, 
guys coming through, if you used to bat at 85, 90, you're an explosive player. Now it's like 110, 120 strike rate to be yeah. that. So, um, you know, that, and that's the way that it, it, it's gone now. Um, it's obviously batter-driven a little bit more now. But I, I remember the, the, my, I debuted um, against Northgate, who had Mick Lewis, um, Darren Berry, Tim Wellsford, um, Nath, uh, sorry, Michael Allen, you know they're all state players at the time, yeah. and that and that's what you came up against. And a lot of a lot of the state players don't play much grade cricket now, mm. um, especially with monitoring of bowlers' loads and things like that, um, and futures cricket through the week. And so there's a lot of things that go into it. But you know, I think I think the skill level's still really high. Um, yeah. And I suppose the other thing that comes with it is, you know, you used to have to make back to back hundreds to try and get yourself up. A level, whereas now you get a thirty, and you think you're entitled to it. So um, controversial topic uh, there. Um, so that, having a go at the younger generation. I'm not a selector, am I? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, I just think you know, um, everywhere it's the new day and age of you know iPhones. You know, you get you get your information straight away. You can Google everything. You, yeah. you get everything now. You don't wait. So um, I think you know that's just the way it is. Um, it's not gonna not gonna change. Um, but as I said, the players now are so skilled, um, so it's still a good competition. Yeah, no, look, I'd agree with that. I think there's still there's still pressure, they're still skilled, but um, yeah, it's just a little bit a little bit different. Um, and look, you're you're a father now as well for the second time. Um, you know, has that has that changed you much? Is that you know? Because I remember you back in the day, probably weren't much of a father figure. But um, you've definitely seemed to have grown up. What's yeah, um, yeah, natural progression. That's okay, Rossi. Um, oh, look, it's really enjoyable. I like everyone. You know, you love your kids. Yeah. Um, so you know, wake up in the morning and and you see smiling faces. It's pretty cool. Um, and it puts everything into perspective as well. You know, you, you can have a bad day on the cricket field, and it's not the end of the world, is it? So you no. just move on. And um, look, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. Um, like everyone knows, when you have kids, you know they become the priority. Yep. Um, Carlton's a close second though. <laughs> Good. Um, and one that I'd like to ask um, a lot of people is if you had the ability to play with any cricketer, dead or alive, batsman, bowler, male, female, um, who would it be? Uh, but I'm going to put a little caveat. The the last two people have said Ricky Ponting. So I'm going to exclude him from the conversation. Does it have to be someone I haven't played with, or like? Well, just any, any, anyone. So, but Ricky uh, Ponting's out of the out of the question. Okay. Um, Would you have said Ricky Ponting? Oh well, from having actually played with him, yes, of course. But um, I think the question's more you someone you haven't with. played with. So that's good. I think um, you just won me a five dollar bet because I bet Crony that you'd say that you'd yeah. already played with him. So yeah. there you go. Good. It's all right. Continue. We're on. all we're all for the money. Um, I don't know. Can you say the Don? Like that? That'd be an interesting question. Like yeah, go for it. You can. Yeah, or well, maybe the Don. Yeah, it'd be. Or actually, batting with Steve Smith would be pretty funny. I'd be so weird. Imagine the conversations <laughs> you'd be having halfway down the wicket. Going, I oh, thought I thought talking to Jake Hancock was weird oh. out in the centre. <laughs> was Philo a bit like that as well? Ah, uh, they just they just think differently about the game sometimes. Uh, but that's what you need. You yeah. Need well. Uh, yeah, having batted with Jake, I know that firsthand. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, maybe. 
Yeah, yeah, maybe Steve Smith would be fun. At least, yeah. The thing, the thing with um, those players, though, it makes your job at the end so much easier because you know they're so paranoid about what's going on. Like, where do you bowl to Smith? Yeah. Um, and just the plans that they have for someone like him, where they're they're not necessarily hitting the top of off stump every ball, so they're out of rhythm when they bowl to you. Yeah. So um, I think you know when you like batting with Pillow was fantastic um, coming through. Uh, obviously, learned a lot from him, but. I always know. I knew that if he was at the other end, um, it was you know my job was a lot easier. Not just because he's senior figure and um, was dynamic and all that, but just more you know you know you're not going to get the same type of deliveries because the bowlers are under pressure. Um, and I suppose that's the same with you know someone like Braden Steppy in now. If he's batting well, I just find like opening with him. I just find if I keep him in, my job's easy. Yeah. Um, so you know I suppose that's that that's pretty cool. Beautiful. Um, now we've got a couple of listener questions. One from at Aussie underscore Nick 43. Two part question, Evan. What was it like to have a bat named after yourself? And do you still ask people to call you the key because you unlocked the code? Uh, crack the code. <laughs> yeah. <crack laughs> Get it right. Um, oh, no, look, that was cool. Um, again, it was something a bit different. You know, um, it was enjoyable to work on something. Um, as a as something new, so that was that was cool. I think it's still going around now. It doesn't have the eg in front of it anymore, so no. a bit of the intellectual property is gone. But um, yeah, that's okay. It's a high high selling bat. I think they've still got, and um, we won't mention the brand. But um, I think even their marquee players are using it now. So I don't know. Maybe I started something. Maybe you did. Maybe you did. Great question from at Aussie underscore Nick. Um, now we've got at Smythe underscore G underscore Fisherman. Must love his fishing. Um, you've had the opportunity to use many different companies' batting equipment. Any recommendations about brands that the kids should look at or tips for picking up good bats? <laughs> um, that sounds like Greg Smythe, yeah. Um... Oh, there you go. Greg Smythe. Could yeah, be. Oh, look, Could um, be. I really enjoyed my uh, Grey Nichols bats that I used last season. They were fantastic. Okay. Um, arguably okay. the best I've ever had. Um, look, uh, yeah, look, anything that's handmade by Stu I think is fantastic. As you know, you, you, what do you use? I do use Grey Nichols and they um, are fantastic yeah. equipment. I'll, I'll second that. They sponsor the club as well. I don't know, but if they want to sponsor the podcast as well, Greg, I'm, uh, I'm open to having a conversation. But we can get back to it. Thanks, Grey Nichols. <laughs> um, and we have a question from at Benjamin underscore Stephen. Um, Evan, are you interested in bringing back your peroxide blonde hair? Do you think it really helped your batting back in the day? Do we need a name drop? <laughs> didn't KP have a really bad one? Because I actually tried to copy him. Really? Um, yeah, so I, I remember uh, one pre-season I had the blue hair. Yep. Um, and Chuck said the to me... Colin Funky Miller. Yeah, it, was, it, it, it went a bit um, aqua because I didn't do it very well. But it was when KP had the blue skunk um, oh, yeah. and used to obviously like watching him play. Um, yep. But um, Chuck said to me, if you rock up like that for round one, you're not playing. So I dyed it back brown before round one. So, yeah. <laughs> he goes, uh, you're already controversial with the way you play you don't need to be showing that off with your hair as well so thanks Chuck I think that Good was advice. I think that was probably sound advice <laughs> so you know he's done well that was a fun pre-season <laughs> come on you gotta do something it, no. can get, it can get monotonous pre-seasons so it can um, you try and mix it up 
It can. Well, look, that, that brings the uh, interview slash Carlton Cricket chat to a close. Um, Evan, thanks for your time. I hope to all the listeners out there, you got, you got something out of this and um, you enjoyed it and hopefully you'll, you'll tune in next time. Thanks, Nick. I'm looking forward to seeing who you've got next. Beautiful. Thanks, Ed.